When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Batter up. listeners welcome back to a pot of their own this is episode 131 of a pot of their own i am allison mccaig and i am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts linda sarovich hello linda hey allison and kellyanne healy hello kellyanne hello allison hello linda hello 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 (laughs) um so the state of the Mets right now, um, the Mets in the past week or so since we last recorded, they lost both games to the Astros in Houston, which continued a a very long streak of them not winning in Minute Maid Park. That is like very like years, years long now. <laughs> if you told me the Mets had never beat the Astros in their entire history, I would believe you. Yeah, and I know yeah. it's a big thing that happened in 86, but I, I was going to say it, with 86 <laughs> being a notable exception to that. Yes. Um, like I still don't like, there's still a small part of me that believes that that's like a myth. It's a mirage. It happened before we were born. So who can say if it's true? It's true. Yep. Um, so, but then they, you know, over the weekend, they won two out of three in Miami. They almost swept, but if not for a, a walk off, but you know, we won't One talk singular about bad pitch. Um, it wasn't even a bad pitch is the thing. Like it was just, he got beat. It happens, you know, like it's just, I'm like, I, I have ranted about this already. I'm like in amazing Avenue slack and elsewhere, but like, 
it, that was on the offense for not scoring. That was not on Adam Montevino, in my no. opinion, the, the walk-off loss. Like, no, threw- oh no, it was absolutely the offense after seeing how many lobsters were in that game. Let's say, wait, I gotta go. Look. I was not home for this game, so I cannot comment on it. And it there was on were- Peacock, so no one watched it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just following on games game day and I saw the, oh my God, where's the flipping Okay. Talk while I find this. We, oh were, my gosh. we were listening on the radio. I listened to the radio broadcast on the way home from Vermont. So we were listening to the whole game, but I didn't see a single pitch of it. But um, I, I, I mean, I watched the, the home run later, uh, the walk off Homer. Um, and it was not a, that bad of a pitch by Adam Ottavino. It really wasn't. It was more like a tip. It was one of those tip your cap to the, to the hitter because, you know, they get paid the big bucks too. Um it was it was on the offense for not scoring against, you know, a mediocre lefty like they never can. <laughs> One for 13 with runners in scoring position and yep. seven left on base. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad I did my check game. I was enjoying a very lovely brunch. <laughs> Ooh. Yep. Brunch you made the correct decision. Yeah. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, they won two out of three in that series um, and they are entering play today. They are they were five games up on the Braves uh, today being Tuesday night, uh, June 28th. Um, they were five. Ga- they are five games up on the Braves in the NL East. And I think one game up on the Dodgers for best record in the National League. So well, despite I, the, I think that's about to change. Might be. But despite the hell month of June, you know, they had a winning record in the month of June that we all said was going to be a very tough slog, not necessarily the death of them, but we all said the month of June was going to be terrible. The Braves went on a 14 game winning streak and the Mets are still five games up on them because they had a winning record in June. Now, obviously, they lost a lot of ground from where they were, but I think we expected that to a certain extent, like more or less. It's it, it's as expected, The like the end Net result is as expected. I think the Braves played a little better during this month than people expected. And the Met, but the Mets also played a little better than people expected. Cause I think I went into it saying, like, if they're 500 in the month of June, I'll take that. And they were a few games over 500 in the month of June. I was expecting a full on June swoon. Yeah. And they didn't. Full they on. Didn't. And they didn't. It was averted for the first time in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> they have not been over 500. In June, in 10 years. Now, as we speak, That's they insane. are, as we speak, they are getting their asses kicked by the Astros again, which we kind of expected, you know, again, it's only a two game series. And then the month of June is over. So in, yes. even if they lose both of these games, they will still be over 500 in the month of June. Um, they did what they had to do, basically. Like they did just enough. More or less. To, you especially know, especially with losing people to injuries and all these little little nagging things like I still I'm not convinced Carrasco's all right no I don't think so either yeah I'm not sure I don't know I think I if you if you told me that he was still hurt it would not surprise me yeah. if you told me that he wasn't hurt it would still not surprise me because guess what the Astros are really good and they have a really good lineup and sometimes they just even though Carlos Carrasco other than these Astro starts is having a pretty darn good season. Sometimes a team just has your number and sometimes the team is just really good and the Astros are really good. And I think as currently constructed, even though entering play today, they had a worse record than the Mets just a little bit. I think they're a better team than the Mets are. 
Um, that's not to say the Mets aren't a good team. They're a very good team. I just think that the Astros, you know, the Astros have their number a little bit. I think it's pretty established well, that the Astros have the Mets number a little bit. Well, and the Mets are I mean, missing pieces. So. And they are, yes. And, and the yeah. Astros just got a bunch of pieces back. Yeah. I also don't, again, it's probably nothing, but I can't help but like always be suspicious of the Astros after 2017. Sure. So yeah, it's fair. Um, I mean, you know, probably, probably that's just baseless ish speculation but can't but it, help just side eye that a little bit that's their reputation now it's what yeah. they've earned it is yeah they've and they it. weren't punished for it so what's going to stop them from doing it again precisely so oh it's now nine and oh oh this is just progressively getting worse no jesus <laughs> I came home, I like heated up my dinner and then I got an alert like on my phone as my dinner was heating up saying Travis Darnell homered because he's on my fantasy team. Like, okay, cool. Then I got another alert, Matt Olson homered because he's on my fantasy team. I was like, okay, cool. Oh, I sit geez. down with my dinner, put on the Met game, they're losing four nothing. I'm like, damn, I'm turning this right off. <laughs> yeah, it's about the to be winning and the Mets are getting blown out. I was like, what else is on TV? It's oh. about to be a four game lead, which is fine. Um, and well, and hopeful, well, well, let's hope maybe it's still the top of the sixth in in Philadelphia. So there's time and it's three one. We're not scoreboard watching here on a pot of their own. Not at all. In what's June. funny is I think it was the Braves. I think almost turned a triple play that got overturned. And then the, that reminded me like the Mets had a triple play that I was going to say that was us. Yeah. And I was like, was it against the Phillies both times? I can't remember. I do not remember that. Either. No, I think Which ours was, was ours was against the Marlins. Marlin. Oh, oh, that right. would be a real, oh, a Marlins game. The, the weird stuff always happens in Marlins games. So yes. I would. I was like, how often does that happen that two triple plays get overturned in the span of like two weeks? Yeah, right. right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, so the Astros just have the Mets number and it is what it is. They're probably going to lose again tomorrow because they have Trevor Williams going against Justin Verlander. So that's not a match. Well, Trevor Williams is in right now. So oh, Guess he's not pitching. Is we'll he? see. We'll see. Then who? Excuse. Oh yeah, no, it's only the fifth. Oh yeah, Trevor Williams is not pitching tomorrow. Who's pitching tomorrow? What are they gonna do? Call to be determined. Else? Oh my god, who is there to call up? Max. Oh my god, maybe that's why Max Scherzer's <gasps> start was delayed. No, we're, no, we're not conspiracy theorying on this kidding. podcast. Take our tin foil hats off. <laughs> Damn it, <laughs> tin foil hats off. I had to say it really fast. I, I mean, to. so I guess we might as well talk about that. We might as well talk about that. I didn't even update the show notes to reflect that. But Max Scherzer. Oh, my God. But that was a perfect segue. I didn't even realize that. Hey, it, it was a perfect segue. Max Scherzer was supposed to start tonight for Binghamton against Hartford. And the Mets decided to delay his rehab outing for like no stated reason, really. Just that, like, he needs another day. He's going to pitch tomorrow instead and like it won't actually affect the number of like big league starts he'll get before the all-star break which is true like that's factually true but it still is like why and they're just not saying anything and being very cagey about it now the Mets have earned a little bit of benefit of the doubt this season with how they've handled injuries so far I think they've been like very good about not giving these like 
overly optimistic timelines like they have in the past and like rushing guys back Wilpon style. So, you know, maybe this is like just them being cautious, but I just like, so as, as, as Thomas Henderson said, fellow Mason Avenue writer and from complex to Queens co-host Thomas Henderson said the vibes are off. And I agree with him on this. The vibes just seem off with it. Like, I don't, I don't know what's happening and I don't feel good about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like first they're like, Oh, he could come back. And they're like, wait, no, he's another rehab start. Wait, no, it's getting pushed back a day. Like this yeah, is just twice like, now. Is he hurt again? Just tell me if he's hurt again. But he was like, he hurt was me like, again. I can take I'm it. I'm not going to have a setback. No, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to have it, a setback. Was it Buck that said the plan is to get three minor league starts before the all-star break and then I think bring him back up? No. No. That, I, this where did I hear Where did I hear the three minor league starts? I heard that, that was somewhere. A, that was DeGrom. Yeah, it was Jake. Oh, was it? De- really? Okay. They were no. never like talking about three minor league starts for Scherzer. It was supposed no. to be like oh. one, maybe two. I mean, normally for an injury of this magnitude, it's probably more than that. But Scherzer's an insane person. So he was just like, I don't want to be a rumble pony. I'm done. I'm ready. <laughs> but <laughs> apparently he wasn't ready. <laughs> but like um, also him yelling, like, I'm not going to have a setback. Like, is was he was Lady Doth protesting too much? My not going to have a setback t-shirt has people asking a lot of questions about my shirt. <laughs> There's no reason to rush it. Showalter said, we're not going to make this mistake. This is from AP two hours ago. Um, Showalter added that shirts are things he could pitch here tonight for the Mets in their game against the Houston Astro- Astros. I see normally see, then you drop these, drop these little like breadcrumbs and I know. you give us hope. Normally I I'm always team don't rush guys back and that the Mets have had a history of doing this and like forcing guys back too soon. Like look at like, you know, all of recent Wilpon Mets history. Like that has been the Wilpon Mets philosophy for years, Mm. like rush guys back, do like, like, you know, push Scherzer, like obviously Scherzer wasn't on the, on the Mets back then, but like, you know, if he had been, it would have been like push Scherzer back so he can pitch against the Yankees and win the back page. It's like it was always that stuff. Right. And so I have always been team like be cautious with guys, do realistic timelines. But in the position that the Mets are in right now, these games count and you're playing a very good team in the Astros and you have just gotten your ass kicked and given that game away when you could have had Max Scherzer on the mound instead. I'm sorry. Like, that makes me a little mad. (laughs) Are they going to wait until they put, like, it's the Astros? Like, or do we want him against the Astros, or do you want him down the stretch against the Braves and Phillies? Like, you're not going to see the Astros again. So, like, who cares? Hold, like, absolutely save him. Save him for the Braves. We still have 14 games left against them. I know. It's really the Braves games that are going to determine this division. But, like... All these games count, you know, like all these games count. These games in June count just as much as the games in September count. I like I I understand the idea of like you want him to be healthy for the long term and you want him to be healthy for hopefully what will be a playoff run. But goddamn, you got to make the playoffs first. You got to make the playoffs first. All these games count. It's very frustrating. And it's just like one of those things that it just it gives me too much PTSD to the 2021 Mets. Yes. where They threw all those Jared Eikhoff games and they like basically like 
lost those games on purpose. Like, what are they doing tomorrow now? Like, tomorrow they're about to lose a game on purpose. Well, That's- Jared Eikhoff is a free agent. <laughs> Jared Eikhoff is now available <laughs> after giving up 10 runs in his one pirate start and getting promptly booted again. Like, Christ, at at a certain point, like, I don't know, this makes me like feel bad to say it out loud. It sound it sounded less nasty in my head than it's going to sound once I say it out loud. But it's like, aren't you going to have a little dignity at a certain point? Like, he just, like people keep calling that man out of retirement and it's like how much more <laughs> yeah, it's like time to uh, face facts man like you really are gonna stuff. endure this for a ten thousand dollar paycheck or whatever <laughs> like <laughs> man yeah just like retire yeah, go enjoy point. life somewhere like if he has a family go be with your children like i just think a summer vacation when was the last time you had a summer vacation if you're a baseball player yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I like so now they have like basically no plan for tomorrow, right? And so they're throwing out Johnny Holstaff against <laughs> Justin Verlander. That's losing a game on purpose. They did that when they had Thomas Sapucky start a game. Now their backs were against the wall and are against the wall now. You know, it, it's it's hard to predict this many injuries piling up, but. I can't help but get flashbacks to the 2021 Mets when these are games that are very important. They're all games that are important. You are a team that is trying to make the goddamn playoffs, trying to win a World Series, and you are out here throwing whoever against a good team, knowing that you are going to lose. Like, they're losing games on purpose, and that gets under my skin a little bit, even if it's a situation that is hard to avoid. They are now going to lose tomorrow's game on purpose. If we want a butterfly effect, the 2021 season, the Mets starting Jared Eikhoff won the Braves the World Series. In Yeah, it, re- oh. it really sort of did. Like, it's like that domino we meme. This close to selling, and then they won that game, and they decided they were still in Gonna it. Going to go for it. Yep. It is yep. like that domino meme, right? Like, the top yes. domino is the Mets start Jared Eikhoff, and the bottom domino is Braves win the World Series. It really did, like, indirectly lead to that. It did. <laughs> So like, uh, let's not do that again. Like, I just, I know we're in a better, I know we're in a better position than 2021 bets were, but like, no, but there's still, there's, there's just still a lot of long memories of what happened under the Wilpon regime. Just everything. And last year too. And last year. Still, it still felt like Wilpon last year. I won't lie. Well, you cause know, you had stupid because... Zach Stein charge. Yeah. yeah. He was a useless lump on along. Yeah. <laughs> And they like, this is a whole other episode and they like messed up Kumar Rocker and like that yep. was, it, yeah, you know, who who Kumar Rocker is good again, by the way, and he's going to get drafted. Um, So good going, Mets. Good going on that. Very cool. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like, I they should be fine. Like, they should I think be they have like, I think I saw a stat saying that only one other team has played more road games than the Mets so far this season. So they and they've should... been very, very good at home. Yeah. And they, yeah. so they should <laughs> this more. Astros series. That was, that was... <laughs> they've been very good at home. So that their schedule is more favorable. And I think the Braves schedule is about to turn too. So things could be looking up to come July, but they, Get out of June. That's my. That's the goal. Yeah, right they now. gotta get yeah, out, of this, get out of who this care, whole who, month. Who care? Who cares about July right now? They well, gotta I get out of this whole month. The game on Sunday. 
Can Scherzer start that game if he pitches tomorrow? Sunday? No. 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 Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Maybe. Maybe? I don't know. (laughs) Sunday would be like the soonest. Friday, Saturday. No, he wouldn't. He would be. He he would be. um, No, it would be that fourth turn. God damn it. So if he had pitched today, he would have been pitching Sunday. Maybe. Oh, well, this bitch. this is now assuming he pitches tomorrow, and we're taking the tinfoil hats off. Yeah, tinfoil hats off. Sorry, I started that. First game, I wanted them to see Scherzer. Now I'm probably going to get to like Johnny Holstale. I don't know. Who knows at this point? Well, they have the off day on Thursday, so they might be I, again. Like, I I am so bad at like mathing rotation stuff in my head. Well, especially since like half the rotation is injured right now. Exactly. And I don't know like who's in what position in the rotation anymore. And but now that Trevor Williams is is in this game, like I don't know what they're gonna do tomorrow, but they do, but they did have the off day earlier this week and they have another off day tomorrow. So it's possible they could have someone who's like on turn on regular rest. Who would that be? I mean Thursday. (laughs) Bassett. Bassett. Okay. Is Bassett on regular rest and can start tomorrow? Like because okay. of let's the off day wait. they let's, had. Let's look at the probables. It's either Bassett or Walker. I think it's Bassett. Yeah, I think it might be Bassett. Okay, Carrasco. And then and oh, then Ty- they have Taiwan. Taiwan Walker is now listed as tomorrow's starter. Yep. So they they use the off day to they're going to pitch Walker on regular rest. And Bassett on regular re- by by utilizing the the two off days they have this week. So they I don't know if they like because tomorrow's starter was never listed as Trevor Williams. It was listed as TBD. We just kind of o- assumed it was going to be Trevor Williams because of the continued absence of Max Scherzer. Um, but I guess I suppose since he's now pitching, they had always planned to utilize the off day and pitch Walker on regular rest. Um, but I don't know. It may have been that they've like pivoted that they kind of, it was all in the up in the air and maybe Williams would have started, but now they've pivoted because uh, Carrasco got his ass kicked so hard again. Or maybe they wanted Williams the backup just in case because of the back issue. With yeah. Back. Yeah. Like p- potential piggyback in case, he had to leave early due to injury or due to ineffectiveness, which I guess we'll, well find out if I mean, they tried not. they tried not to use him because they went from Carrasco to Shreve first before they went to Williams. Oh, Shreve pitched in this game. Did he? Oh, give, yeah. Was oh, he the yeah. one who gave up all the extra runs? Carrasco um, let up six runs. Shreve let up three. OK, so Shreve needs to be DFA post haste. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm uh, like he's, he's done. He's done. Like I still this can't is, believe that was their plan going in, like in the off season. Like, oh, we got our lefty. No, Shreve is Chase and Shreve is not long of this team. I fear. Um, and actually, the reason why I think Chase and Shreve is actually about to be cut for real is because Colin Holderman has returned from the injured list, but he was Yay! optioned to AAA. So I was like, huh, that's weird. Why was he optioned to AAA when like, you know, Adonis Medina is still on the roster, et cetera. Not that that's a knock on Adonis Medina. It's just that that he's one of those like fringe guys who, you know, wouldn't make the cut normally if guys were not hurt. 
But I think that they, my theory at least, and this isn't tinfoil hat, it's just a theory. Um, my theory was that they didn't want to burn another option on Medina. So they just wanted to keep him around as long as he was being useful, basically, because um, they have the limits on how many, how often they can option guys up and down. And they've already done that a lot with Medina this year. So I was thinking to myself, okay, they'll probably put Colin Holderman back on the roster when David Peterson goes on the paternity list, because that's due any day now. Um, but I have a feeling that Chase and Shreve is not long for this team and will be replaced with Colin Holderman pretty soon. I don't care about having two lefties on the roster. One of them is literally unpitchable. And Joel Lee Rodriguez, I'm sure he's still out about him too. He's been pitching well lately. He's okay. Yeah. He's, he's had like, he's been good for like two, three weeks now. Um, I mean, he hasn't been used in particularly high leverage, but he's been pretty good lately. I think, you know, Adovino was better. That was the first run he gave up all June. Yeah. Adovino had been on a very good stretch before that walk off. Their bullpen, the reality is, is the Mets bullpen, aside from Edwin Diaz, who's obviously very good, is (laughs) full of seventh inning dudes who are good sometimes and are bad sometimes. And it just (laughs) is. And you just have to hope that not all of them are bad at the same time. Like, that's like, like, you know, previously during his like, you know, peak Seth Lugo was a setup level guy like he was a, a tick better than the rest of these guys but now he's kind of on the same level like I'm not saying Seth Lugo is bad now but he's like mediocre now he's kind of a seventh inning guy now he ha- he's good sometimes and bad other times and that's what uh, the story of all these guys is and it's he, why we the, need Trevor May back basically that meme of we're sometimes good sometimes shit <laughs> more or less yeah it's not a bad bullpen, but it's not a particularly good one. And yeah. as we say every week, they need bullpen help. But we beat that horse to death. They need bullpen help. Um, they need pitching help. You can never there, have enough pitching. There was ever. that one article where they were, uh, it was from SNY, where they were saying to trade Dom. But like, what value does he have? He has no value. Nothing People right now. Every single year. <laughs> People are like trade proposal, Dominic Smith for your team's best reliever. And it's like, no, that Not is never going to work. Good. How many times? <laughs> like, just uh, anyway. I and mean, even like somebody who has a reliever, like, on you can the be part of a package. Like, yeah. sure. But no guarantee they even want, like, if they have it for his baseman, they're not just going to take Dom. Like, the Reds. Sure, they're horrible. Like, if they have a pitcher, great. But they have Joey Votto. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. The, the Reds. Here, we offer you Dominic Smith, who seems, plays the same position as Joey Votto and no other position. Uh, can you please give <laughs> us Luis Castillo? It's like, no. no. That's not happening. <laughs> Unless they DH him, but. <laughs> oh. I, I don't know who the Reds are DHing right now. Brandon oh. Drury. I think Brandon Drury literally DH'd for them for a period. Oh, goodness. Well, is it Drury? Because they have Moustakis, too. Ooh, Moustakis might be their DH. I don't remember. Yeah. No. Yeah, the Reds aren't important enough to really pay much attention to. They are not. Sorry, Red. Um, But, you know, like, they they need Trevor May back. And Trevor May, uh, the latest on him, and I think this was per an actual article and not a Trevor May tweet to <laughs> at Sleepy Corn Pop, um, <laughs> Trevor May... <laughs> is like 
is is having another follow up scan. I think it was like today. And as long as it's clean again, this is like the DeGrom injury, right? It's a stress reaction. So similar to DeGrom, it's like he keeps getting MRIs. And if they keep coming back clean, he can go to the next step. That's basically like the way this works. And so he's getting another scan. He's been throwing like like the the first stage of throwing, like the light throwing, the tossing, long tossing, all that stuff. And if he gets another clean scan, he can like do bullpens and then rehab assignments. And he thinks that it'll be like all-star break-ish, like a little bit after maybe. So that's not bad. They need him back though. Cause they need, they just need another arm, another like somewhat trusty arm in that bullpen. They need another one. But it also makes me nervous. Like when you've missed that much time, will you be as effective? Well, I mean, you can say if they bring him back on a decent plan and don't rush him, well, I mean, he should be okay. I mean, obviously, I mean, a reliever is different than a starter, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm putting too much faith in the process. I mean, obviously, he was. He was really ineffective before he went down, but he was hurt in May, you know, uh, back in April, May when he was hurt. Um, But, you know, in 2021, like he wasn't he wasn't elite or anything, but he was good. Like he was solid. And like, you know, they just need another one like that, that they can plug into the Ottavino, Drew Smith, Seth Lugo rotation of guys like ride the hot hand like whoever's the best at the moment gets to be the setup guy which is kind of what they've been doing like they don't have a setup guy like a like a true like this is the guy we always go to in the eighth inning like edwin diaz is the closer they don't have that right now because they don't have a guy that's like really reliable enough to be that they just have like a bunch of guys who are like kind of good enough to be that when they're on and you just like ride them when they're on so like that's adam Ottavino kind of right now and like sort of Drew Smith sometimes, maybe Seth Lugo other times. <laughs> the, and, 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 you know, Trevor May at worst, I think at worst, hopefully he'll just be another one of like one in that cog, which will at least hopefully improve the Russian roulette odds. <laughs> if that makes sense. I just want my Addison Reed back. <laughs> I know we need it. We need we whatever the 2022. We do. We need the 2022 Addison Reed. Like, I feel like Loop was that man yeah, last year, and we don't have either like a Loop or Reed right now. Yeah, instead we have Chase and Shreve. I know. Nice. Like the one that just like came in, did his business, and left, like just like no emotion, just like, okay, boom, 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 done, I'm gone. <laughs> I cannot emphasize enough how much I tire of Chase and Shreve. <laughs> like I am over him. Like, like keep Adonis Medina up here and bring Holderman up and DFA Shreve. I'm done. He's oh, done. No, I saw SNY tweeted that Buck came out to pull Shreve before Guriel had even touched home plate. Oh my God. <laughs> Buck was like, nope. What a flex. Oh my God. Oh, like, okay, we're my done. Here. God. Like he can't even in the lowest of leverage do anything. Like, like he he gave up three runs in that other blowout Astros yeah. game. Did he not Oof. in one inning of work so. last week? Oof. I'm done. He's done. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Mets did also get uh, James McCann back from the injured list. Now, obviously, that it like like we mentioned when we were talking about his impending return, it has not been much of a boost to the lineup per se. No. Uh, the Mets will continue to get next to nothing from their catching position offensively, but that is the case of many teams. I think I'd like I I think a lot of Mets fans complaining about the lack of hitting from James McCann, Tomas Nito, and Patrick Mazika do not realize that literally no catchers across the entire major the like major leagues are hitting at all anywhere more or less um i mean the mets are still kind of near the bottom of the pile in that regard but like at least i think we don't have help. any mike piazzas in the group no we've got no mike piazzas in the group but at he least i like think a rare unicorn I, the, the the hitting catcher is dying like that's that's not a thing in the sport anymore and like I, I hate to say, like, I'm going to sound, I'm definitely about to sound like an old man yells at cloud 100%. <laughs> Disclaimer, I am about to share an extremely crank opinion. But the reason I have always been opposed to the DH and continue to be, although I've accepted that it's just part of the game now, it is what it is. I'm not going to rehash that. But I have always said it is a slippery slope to getting a catcher DH in the future. Like, as in, like, the catcher becomes a specialized position, like the pitcher where he no longer has to hit because that's where catcher hitting is going. Like the catchers can't hit anymore. They're almost as bad as pit when pitchers were hitting, not quite that bad yet, but the decline is there and it, and it could eventually get that bad. Like it's getting close. <laughs> I mean, you know, who's having a good a season thought- though. Travis Darno. Yes, of course he is. he is. Finally, he's living up to the hype. He had a good season for well, him last year. Too. I was going to say no, but I, I got should, a I ring. Really say he has been living up to the hype since he left the Mets. Well, yeah, because little Jeffy Wilpon rage cut him, and that was that. Yep. Stupid asshole. Because yeah. he struggled coming back from Tommy John surgery. Oh, the horror! God forbid. God yeah. forbid he have to rush that. I mean, maybe the Mets will have a catcher Ugh. who can hit in Francisco Alvarez in the future. We'll see. I'm unclear. I don't know. I'm not a prospect evaluator. I don't know. People According seem to, pretty excited can. about him. This is going by just the Amazing Avenue comments. The general feeling that, or no, maybe it's just my eye test seeing it just posted a lot is that they, that fans want to see him promoted from double a right to the major leagues on a la conforto 
I do not agree. I, I do not agree either. either because you can't do that with a catcher. You can no, do it with, a, with no. an outfielder. You can do it with Michael Conforto. You and can't Conforto do that with a catcher. Conforto was two years older and we were in kind of dire straits in 2015 when that happened. There was literally no offense. They were sort of on the border of 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 the division at that point. They were not in the lead when he came up. Um, and this is just... And he's tw- and Alvarez is twenty. Yeah, I just according to James McCann, when he saw him take BP, he said his BP reminded him a lot of Pete Alonso's. I mean, and that's, that's high praise. That's nice. That is high praise. That's that's high praise. That's getting him hype. That's getting people hyped. But at the same time, you don't want this kid to come up, kind of do well. Um, and have the book out on him or come up and do badly and then have everybody hate him. Yeah. So, and-, and just to screw up his development. He need to me, he needs time in triple A. And I don't see the point. Like, I understand that people are frustrated that, you know, James McCann grounds out to third every single time he comes up. I get that. And Tomas Nito is, does not fare much better, but These are two very well-regarded receivers by the veteran pitching staff. This is not the right pitching staff to throw a rookie catcher into. We saw it with Patrick Mazika and Chris Bassett. Do you want that to happen to our 20-year-old top prospect to hit for him to get embarrassed because he like can't catch Chris Bassett's like 19 pitches that he throws? Like, I just I don't see the point of throwing him into that. Like you've got a bunch of like veteran pitchers on this pitching staff who are used to, you know, a competent receiver and they seem to like to throw to James McCann and Tomas Nito because they're two very good catchers. And I am fine with sacrificing the offense because this is otherwise a pretty good offensive team. Yeah. In order to have those things. If you looked at that game that we all talk about where they nearly got no hit by Clayton Kershaw, where everybody went in knowing like, oh, we might or this is probably going to be a no hitter in 2015. Like their lineup was Lagar as Wilmer, uh, like Daryl Siciliani. Got oh, geez, that's a name. Whoa. And um, like this is not that team. Like they don't need like tell the other guys to hit better. Like. You know, they're yeah, all slumping need- right now. They didn't score on Sunday. They're not scoring today, but they have the talent to overcome it. The 2015 team didn't. Right. And yeah. I mean, the, I think that there are people like clamoring for Francisco Alvarez to DH because the Mets are also not getting much production out of the DH position. But as like, JD grounds into a double play. Right. <laughs> but sorry, Lynn. But his wrist probably is still bothering him. I don't think he's fully healthy. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, his pinky got bent all the way back by baseball. Come on. Yes. No, I agree. But just, I, like, just... why would you bring him, bring Alvarez up to the major leagues just to DH him? And then he's not getting any catching experience. Like, I just, again, like messing with his development, any, like Kelly. Yeah, said, any, it seems any like which way silly. this fucks with his development. Excuse They're my not language. desperate enough for that. Like, no fans just want to see the prospect because they think that's exciting. That's not enough of a reason then to go promote to the minor league games. Damn it. That's not enough of a reason to promote him just because you want to see him go, go see a, a, a rumble ponies game. If you want to see him, it's very fun. I have done it. <laughs> and since when has some like other than Comforto, 
when has a Mets pro- offensive prospect come up and immediately hit the ground running? Never. I can't I think of Ahmed Nemo? didn't. Dom didn't. No. Pete did. Oh, well, Pete's, but Pete Pete, did, Pete's yes. an outlier. Pete's an outlier. He and Conforto are basically the only one. Maybe Nemo. But like their other top prospects, which all struggled when they first came up. And those guys weren't catchers, like we said, weren't 20 years old. They were older and they played positions that the Met where the Mets had a vacancy and a need. Mm-hmm. None of those conditions currently exist. They don't have I know that the catchers aren't hitting, but they don't actually have a vacancy at catcher. They have a an established major league starting catcher and a very competent mm-hmm. backup catcher who all have relation established relationships and communication with the pitching staff. Yeah, there's well, no need to bring that, up Francisco Alvarez at this time. We saw that during the no hitter. Like they were all so praiseworthy of McCann. McCann's yep. caught two no hitters in his career. That says something. Yeah. If you really, really, really desperately want to see a prospect and you think that the Mets need the, an injection of offense at the DH position, bring up Mark Vientos instead, honestly. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying that's the right thing to do either, but I would sooner do that. Then bring up Francisco Alvarez. Um, Moral of the story, just go watch the minor league games, guys. Yeah. Like, and the Mets should acquire another bat <laughs> at the deadline instead. Yes. Simply acquire Andrew Benintendi or something like that. They need, they need a they need a fourth outfielder and like a better hitter than like they need another bat, preferably one that plays outfield. I just wish Escobar would hit, man. Escobar needs to hit more. Yes. He's been. Escobar needs good. to hit more. JD needs to either rest up a little bit or start hitting if he's going to be playing through this. In theory, Jeff McNeil is back yeah. now, so that helps. Yeah. Um, and he's, he he's, wait a minute. He, I know, got at least one hit tonight. Yeah, he's one for two. There you go. He's always one for whatever. He at least not gets a base. It seems like he's a base hit every day. Um, so that's helpful. Um, but yeah, so speaking of some of those guys, McNeil, the last like kind of mess related topic I wanted to cover is um all-star voting or like all-star game in general. We will have a more more uh extensive discussion about this in a couple of weeks, like our, on our last episode, like before the all-star game. But I just wanted to kind of like talk about it briefly because now the voting is in full swing. Um, And I think that the Mets have two lock all-stars in Pete Alonso, although Pete Alonso is subject to the vote. But if it wasn't for the fact that Paul Goldschmidt might literally win the MVP, Pete Alonso would be the starting first baseman as it stands. He's probably not going to be, but he's still going to make the team in all likelihood uh, because he's having a good enough season to make the team. Um, and Edwin Diaz, who is not subject to the vote because pitchers don't get voted on, but it's hard to see a scenario in which Edwin Diaz does not make the pitching staff for the all-star team. Um, I will riot if he does not. Yeah. I mean, it would be an atrocity if he does not. Um, but the Mets have like a bunch of other guys who are like all like right on the bubble to be all-stars and all have like a case, not like a, a surefire, like bulletproof case, but like a case. Um, and I was wondering what you two thought about those fringe guys. In my mind, the Mets have like four fringe guys in Jeff McNeil, Brandon Nimmo, Starling Marte, and Mark Hanna. Not Lindor? And Lindor. That's five. I didn't write Lindor down. <laughs> but it's yeah, true. Because I feel like 
and for Francisco some, Lindor. For, and I was gonna say, but but wait a minute, where was this? I feel like Escobar was surprisingly on there somewhere. I mean, he's on the ballot. He's yeah. not gonna make the team though. No, Everyone but he, makes the but ballot. He, no, 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 not the ballot. But he was like in the top five for voting. That's just because everyone's vote. voting Mets all the way down. Yeah. I think Mookie Betts's injury probably opens it up to the outfielders more. Oh God, I keep forgetting he's in the NL sense. and he's on the Dodgers. Ah, he's so, been on the Dodgers for a while now. I know, <laughs> I know he's been on the Dodgers for a while, <laughs> but I can't. A World Series I, with I cannot stop thinking of him as a member of the Red Sox. Sorry, I know you can't. You can't change your mind. Well, because they were so stupid in how they yes. handled it. So. I mean, it's a travesty that he's not on the yeah. Red Sox, but you know, similar to Freddie Freeman and yeah, the we Braves. can't deny that he's not. Um, yeah, because oh, I think he's Lord. probably out for a long time. Didn't he have like a fractured rib or something? Yeah, he is a fractured rib. Yeah, so Oof. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> fantasy team. Oof. So I think that probably opens it up for either like Marte or Canna or Nimmo. I think Nimmo actually, like if you just go by the numbers, I think Brandon Nimmo has the strongest case of the Mets outfielders. Because was Harper on the ballot as an outfielder? Or- oh, DH. Okay, yeah, so he was never going to And I mean, outfielder. he's hurt now anyway. Yeah, but he again, he's hurt. Well, yeah, because I was trying to think. Because Soto will probably be on there, right? Sure, yeah. And I mean, someone from the Nationals has to make it. So it's probably going to be Juan Soto. Oh, Josh Bell's doing Josh Bell is good enough to make yeah, it, yeah. Mark Hanna has over 100,000 more votes than Brandon Nimmo. Yeah, see, that's the thing is like, I actually think Han is a good dude and deserves. Yeah, yeah, no, he does. And I'm not saying he doesn't. I just think like Brandon Nimmo statistically is probably the best player of those three this this season. Mm. But he's the least well known of all of them. Oh, my God. And yeah, Starling Martin is in fourth place. Oh, my God. How did I yeah. just miss that? Yeah. I've been he's doing well. So I think now with Mookie Betts hurt, I think it opens it up for Marte. Is it is Acuna hurt right now? Someone he is. He is OK. Yeah. Acuna and Albies are hurt, right? Yeah. Yes. Acuna, I don't know how hurt he is because they said there's no fracture, but he couldn't put weight on his foot. Well, I would still say he would not do the all-star game simply because why aggravate something that's already on shaky ground? And this is sort of a a side note that I didn't write down, but like it is a phenomenon right now that so many star players are hurt across the league. And it's kind of devastating when you're trying to like market your product that like you don't have. Like all the like all the star players out there, um, yeah. and that includes you know Max Scherzer and Jacob Degrom. <laughs> yep. Liam, they got so pissed at Jake for not going last year, and it turned out he was hurt the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if they want to opt out, let them opt out. There's there might be a very legitimate reason why. But okay, back to all star voting. I, I think McNeil should go since what is he like? Third and he's third. So and if like Albies is injured, so that basically in my mind, the only other besides Albies, the only other second baseman that has a better case than McNeil is Jazz. Yeah. And Jazz is in the league. He's probably first place. I mean, he's he's over a million votes right now. Yeah. I mean, Jazz is going to start that second base for sure. And he deserves it. Um, and Ozzy, Ozzy Albies is second with like 985,000 and McNeil's in third with about 945,000. Awesome. I think he moved up. I think he was before. This is as of June 20. Oh, yesterday. And 
next in fourth place is Gavin Luke, Luke's uh, last. I don't know why I'm pronouncing it either way. Um, with 427,000, uh, 428,000 votes. So is that's a pretty steep as- drop off. Is Trey Turner listed as an outfielder or shortstop? Shortstop. Uh, shortstop. Yeah, he's in first place as the shortstop yeah, with 1,369,759 votes. So Mets have a shot for like four or five all-stars. Which Lindor, cool. Lindor is in third place with 808,729 votes. Because like so conceivably, like conceivably, you could have Pete Alonso and Edwin Diaz who are almost certainly going to make it. And then you could have like McNeil and Lindor and like it, like one or two of Mets outfielders. Yeah, it's like rare that they actually have like not the Just default all star going. I know it's it has, like, we. I think the last time Mets had multiple, I feel like it was two thousand maybe sixteen. Yeah, yeah, with the which Bartolo was Bartolo and Cologne and Syndergaard and McNeil, and it was the well, fourth Pete, one. McNeil and Jake went. I thought in nineteen, didn't they? Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, because I, I thought I knew there was two. I knew Alonzo and DeGrom went together at some point, but I didn't think it was more than two. She it's me, pretty I forgot amazing. McNeil. If you had told me like before the season started that the Mets would have like four or five all stars and none of them would be starting pitchers, I'd be like, excuse. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? Come again? <laughs> but also, that I'm ha- is, might be the case. I'm happy for Jimenez right now, um, who's on the Guardians at the moment. He is in third place for second baseman in the AL. and He deserves it. He deserves it. And it's almost 820,000 votes. He's having a great season. He's having a very good season. Oh, but uh, Jose Ramirez will probably be their all-star if he doesn't make it, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not like he'll be their default all star. That's definitely Jose. Right. I think I well, no, I yeah, think no, they might but both I just, make it. Yeah. I just am glad that he's having success. I was sad that he was traded. Um, but I'm glad to see he is having success with the yeah, it's nice to see. Andres Jimenez is a good player. Um, I will always root for him. Yeah, <laughs> he's fun to root for. Gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry um a few notes from across the league even though this is not first on my like bulleted list which is usually in no particular order necessarily i feel like it's the best segue into the rest of what we're going to talk about because it's like tangentially mets related um actually it's more than tangentially mets related it's mets centered but it's in the baseball segment because it touches on a topic that we talk about a lot on this show um which is minor league pay and minor league conditions uh, it's, I think it's worth noting that the Mets met with the advocates for minor leaguers to discuss these issues, which is the first meeting of its kind, really like teams have, you know, responded to things that the advocates for minor leaguers have said, or, you know, obviously they, the advocates have done like very effective advocacy and teams have responded and improved things as a result. Um, But I think this is the first time a team has actually like sat down and talked to them and talked about these issues and like ways to approach them, um, which is a really positive first step by, Steve Cohen um, and the Mets, Uh, obviously, like I think a lot of people like, you know, gave him like heapings and heapings of praise and went a little too far on like the Uncle Stevie, like uh, bootlicking, 
with this uh, because like nothing substantive has actually been done. Uh, the Mets have made steps, but nothing like, you know, substantive has been done. They've just had a discussion, but it's still, you know, worth noting nonetheless, because it's not something I think the previous regime would have done. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. even have thought about. Or even considered. So like you're making me spend money. Ew. Gosh, ew. <laughs> we don't have any money. Yeah. Well, then there was that whole thing that they did where they like redid the clubhouse and wouldn't let the minor league. Oh my God. It. That was mortifying. Oh, I, yes. That was awful. That was like mortifying. a new a next level petty stuff. Like, oh, it'll make them earn it or whatever. Yeah, that was Ugh. nuts. Um, But anyway, I just thought that that was like a cool thing. Um, yeah, it is. So. Uh, the other like I, I sort of like briefly mentioned this at the top of the show, but we talked about, you know, how Sunday's game like nobody watched it because it was on Peacock, which is like probably the most obscure streaming service yet for a game to be televised on. We've had the Apple TV games. The, I know the Mets haven't had this. Gonna We're going to have an Apple TV game on Friday. Rangers Rangers Mets <sighs> on Apple TV Ugh. guys on Friday. Very annoying. Um. <sighs> And the uh, the Mets haven't had this, but the Yankees have had a bunch of games on Amazon Prime. Oh, God. Because um, the Yankees, I think, like, like the uh, Apple TV is like, like MLB has a contract with Apple TV and has some games. Um, I think the Yankees individually signed a contract with Amazon Prime. And so they, the Yankees have had some games on exclusively on prime and there've been like various other streaming services that have ha- carried some games this year. And I think Peacock has been the like most obscure one yet. Like that's the only one that I like don't have that they've well, like, was, showed games on so I far. I was going to say prime you need to pay for. Um, if you, if you don't have Amazon prime, I know it seems ubiquitous that everybody has Amazon prime, but no prime, but no, not everybody does Peacock. You have to pay for Apple TV is the only one at this point that you can access. You just need an Apple ID, but you yeah, don't have you don't to need to actually it. pay for the for that. You can uh, like, you know, there is a subscribe. There is a subscribed Apple TV that you can pay for um, where you but can access the- like all their other content and like, you know, their original shows and all that stuff. Uh, but, but for the, the game, you don't need to, which I think is to me, that's the most important thing. <laughs> like to me, that's the way to go. Right. Like if you're going to do streaming, they, I know that they're trying to make money. I understand that. Like this is like, you know, this is like end stage capitalist bullshit. They have to make money. I get it. But like to me, like the point is to like democratize access to the game. And that's why they're trying to like do this stuff on the streaming services, because more and more people are you know, cutting the cutting the cord and not going with cable. I understand that. I understand that in principle. But then you're just like spreading it out across all these paid services. So you're not actually democratizing access to anything. But if you do it with the Apple TV model where like, yeah, it's kind of annoying if you don't already have an Apple ID, you have to make one. But like it is still free. You just have to like sign up for an account. And then I'm sure that and they sell will sell your soul you. to Apple. And then they will spam you with emails to try to get you to pay for the streaming service forever more. Sure. But you can just delete all those emails. Um, you know, like I, I do have to say I did sign up for the three month trial and forgot to cancel it. Like I canceled it the day they renewed it and they were very good about refunding me immediately when That's I put nice. the request in. Okay. So 
if you have that issue, like you signed up for the three month trial and you forgot to unsubscribe at the end of your trial, just email them, uh, go to support. They will, they're nice about it. Yeah. Um, And it seems like MLB is just going to continue to push toward like more streaming, which I think like has its upsides, but definitely has its downsides too. I mean, I would, I would probably be fine with it if we didn't lose our, if we didn't lose like, uh, Gary Keith and Ron and the SNY crew, the camera and the blackouts on MLB TV. It's very simple. Yeah. Or really, really, you want to give like full access? Ditch the blackouts. I yeah. want to watch some Giants games. I want to watch some Red Sox games. I want to watch some Blue Sox games. Blue, Blue Sox. Blue Jays games. Blue Sox. Blue, Blue Sox. Sox. New team. The Montreal Blue Sox, guys. <laughs> the Wilmington Blue Rocks. Minor League Baseball. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, just and and the blackouts. I know that, like, I mean, part of their, like, push towards streaming is because of the, like, complicated relationship with regional sports networks and the fact Uh that cable is dying. There's like a lot of intricacies involved here. Um, But in the end, it's all about revenue and like, you know, baseball, like there there's revenue sharing involved here and the smaller market teams are the ones that benefit uh, because they are the ones that are going to say, you know, we need our share of this TV revenue um, in order to, you know, operate. Um, and it's not fair that the Yankees, you know, the team with like the largest viewership or whatever can put all, can put their games on like Amazon prime or whatever. And then we don't get our revenue sharing. Um, so it's kind of, it's complicated. There's like a lot involved. MLB is like trying to come into the new era, but then there's like this weird relationship that they have with these regional sports networks. Baseball remains a very regional sport by its nature, um, so it's just like, it's, it's tough. It's a tough, like line to toe here, but, and the blackouts, please. Like a major, like I never cared enough <laughs> to look into it. But when I first got my Verizon, when I moved into my new place and I got my Verizon package, I got NFL network and I got NHL network but I don't get MLB network unless I buy a separate sports package. Really? So I don't know if that's like, I gotta check my package now, a larger like baseball issue. If that's a Verizon thing, because I, like I said, I just never cared. It's like, Oh, I don't get MLB network now. That kind of sucks. And I'm not paying extra for it. So yeah. Cause I'm like, I, them and I was like, can I, you know, just get a channel added? And they're like, no, you need this whole sports package for an extra, you know, thirty dollars. You get this, this. And I'm like, but I don't want that. I just want my channel. Yeah, <sighs> it's so it, it's really annoying that you can't. Like that's why cable is dying because yeah. like you want, like you can't do a la carte, like just add channels. No, um, I don't know why NFL. Like I, I thought if anything, NFL would be the more expensive one to get. But no, it was MLB Network. Lord knows. No, MLB's tangled up with so many things. A, because so many in so many ways. A, because it's it's regional, but also there are so many games. Yeah. I mean, there's 162 games per team. That's more than any other sport, to my knowledge. I think hockey has 81. Yeah. And I mean, like, MLB is the only one that has, like, these, like, 
intensely regional, like these regional sports networks, right? Like NFL is just on CBS and Fox. Obviously, like what game you see on those channels changes depending on where you're located geographically. But like they're just low, they're just broadcast on the big networks. Um, And Lord knows NFL Sunday ticket, which is like the MLB TV equivalent. Like that's how you can like access games where that aren't in your region. That thing is like three hundred dollars compared compared. It is. Yeah. Compared to MLB TVs, like one hundred thirty dollars or whatever it is. And think about how many fewer games you're getting on it. Yeah. Right. People pay. Well, because of like fantasy football is so crazy. I know it's nuts. Betting like people will pay that. Oh yep. my god, that's that's another thing we we should talk about in another episode is the insane amount of ad betting there is. Yeah, we it's I mean gross. we've talked about Ugh. it in the past, but we haven't talked about it in a while. So I think we should circle back to that because we're starting to see the effects in the broadcasts, and especially these like streaming broadcasts and the national broadcasts are like basically like and and any pregame or postgame, it's basically like all like DraftKings stuff now. It's all just like, what's the over under for the Mets to score one point five for like w- over under Mets score one two two point five runs. Blah, and it's like, not oh. and it's not just at on the broadcast now. It's not just on SNY. It is tattooed in the stadium when you go. I have Everywhere. never usually like you see all the different ads for different places. This was almost an entire DraftKings sweep literally across the all the, the, the banners and the jumbotron and oh my god it was just no all the no. ads are no. sports betting and crypto that's everything now well and even their whole pregame is basically just like betting yep like that's all their pregame is like basically good for now it's like oh like Cohen, Cohen get I, we get that you're a hedge fund guy we get it you make these giant ass bets on a ridiculous scale, but please, please don't bring it into baseball. Stop. Very Stop depressing. This. Very dystopian. Like very annoying. Yeah, it's dystopian. Um, in uh, in ba- in uh, the ba- updates on the baseball, <laughs> the <laughs> physical baseball. <laughs> I guess we could call it the Meredith Wills we update. All, the one thing we were all rooting for in life. <laughs> I guess the we can call this the periodic Meredith Wills update, even when Meredith Wills is not on the show. Um, MLB is now requiring all teams to muddy the baseballs using the exact same technique and protocol. <laughs> um, that seems like a good plan. Well, like they rub up the baseballs with this special Delaware River mud from New Jersey, holla. Um, <laughs> and they require them to like the, the, the mud is like standardized, but like, I guess the actual like rubbing up is not standardized. And so now they've standardized it. Um, and this is like all in an effort to help improve pitcher grip, right. To make the baseballs less slick, um, by like scuffing them up with the mud. Um, but you know, say, oh, well, (laughs) but you know, there was yet another brawl, um, the other day between the angels and the Mariners. And it was a pretty bad one. Like this was like, an actual brawl, oh, you know, yeah. a lot of a lot of times baseball brawls are just like a lot of dudes Posturing. like stand around and like kind of maybe shove each other a little bit in a big circle. 
This was like actual punches, like people rolling around on the ground, like like massive brawl. People got hurt in it. Archie Bradley hurt himself. I think we saw one like this was was Amir Garrett with the Reds and the Pirates. Yeah, I think the Reds and the Pirates is the last time we had a brawl like this intense. Like, yeah. Um, And 12 players or slash coaches were suspended for this for their roles in this brawl. And yeah, like Linda said, Archie Bradley hurt himself because he stumbled like coming out of the dugout and fell on his elbow and hurt himself. Um, So Um, and the interpreter got suspended. I forgot. Yeah, the interpreter got suspended. (laughs) That's when you know shit got real. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like how's the interpreter out here throwing hands? Like, (laughs) (laughs) What's happening? Um. And of course, and I don't say this in like a disparaging way, actually, the instigator of this was none other than Mets frenemy, Jesse Winker. <laughs> oh, God. Um, off the crowd as he's leaving. <laughs> he flipped off the crowd as he walked away. Uh, nice double flip, too. A double was, bird. And I mean, his I mean, his reasoning was sound. Basically, like, I mean, the Mariners were pissed because they were getting hit by pitches a lot. And Winker was protecting the the younger player and saying like you could end his career he's just a baby like I think it was Julio Rodriguez they threw at his head they threw at his head and and so Winker was like no fuck that like you could really hurt him and this is a young player like just starting his career very promising career you could end his career so he's the one who like really went at the Angels dugout and like kind of started it but like he didn't start it (laughs) he just was the first one to like throw a punch it went back to apparently apparently Phil Nevins not really looking good and all this because it went back to the game and apparently he's like a known asshole yeah yeah, like it went back to the game before. I guess my trout got hit, and then suddenly the next day, the Angels like rearranged their pitching so they had an opener come in to specifically throw at Julio Rodriguez. Jesus, <laughs> so took the took, fell on the sword, Yoan Lopez style. Yeah, like, but they so they like said okay. Like every, they said everybody walking into the ballpark that day knew something was going to happen because the Angels specifically set it up that way. And then they were saying that could, like, the umpires could have just ended it right there and they didn't do anything. So then that's when Winker got hurt or got hit the next inning. So it happened twice. And so the umpires had no control over the situation either. And they could have. Right. Just a so mess. the whole thing just kind of turned into like this wild brawl that didn't need to. Because then they even showed Nevin the game before, like pointing at them, like basically saying, we're coming after you. Like everybody knew now. this was going to happen <laughs> after Ugh. Trout got hit. And yeah. Yeah. And then it just blew up from there. And then <laughs> Winker also went at Rendon, who was like trying to hit him with a broken arm. Yeah. With like one yep. arm in a cast and got, hitting him with his good arm. He got arm. a hit in. No, he got a slap in his face. That's what happened. Yeah. Well, and his, his he also instigated be, because his, the, Winker said nothing would have happened if they hadn't started yelling from the dugout. They did chirp at him. Because he was he was not going to do anything. And then he went toward because he didn't like Winker didn't charge the mound. He charged the Angels dugout. So they were like chirping at it. Yeah. Um, Jesus. Yeah. But anyway, 
there was video even today. Um, I tweeted it with him. Like, I think he, I think it was Nevin. He grabbed and he said, he's a kid. He's a fucking kid. Like you can yeah. read his lips about Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah. Which oh, like we said, in a world of chase, at least be a, be Jesse, a Jesse Winker, Winker. Be a Jesse Winker. It yeah. Comes back to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this all comes down to like hit by pitches. I mean, obviously this escalated to the point where people were being hit on purpose, but hit by pitches continue to be a problem in the game. Um, and they're taking these like measures, like the muddying of the baseballs in a uniform manner, but like, it's not really helping. And also (laughs) why are they just thinking of this now? Like you've been playing baseball for over a hundred years. Like, Hmm, let's try muddying them the same way. Because baseball has always been this like weird old timey sport where like, I don't know. Like, they're just like, yeah, we rub up the baseballs with this mud we found in a river. And like, no one questions that. It's just like, yeah, sure. I'm like, okay. Let's that. Mud. Who knows it's in the Delaware River? Uh-huh. It's special mud. Very it's important. Polluted by now, I would think. Probably. I mean, I love New Jersey, but we got a lot of pollution going on in our waterways. Yeah. For Maybe sure. it's the pollution that adds a little something extra. Oh, jeez. Turbo let, ball. I was gonna say, let everybody just jump in the Hudson River before they go go hey, play. The Hudson, I got a nuclear power plant up here. That you don't know what it could be. <laughs> they might grow extra arms. You never know. <laughs> Turn all the pitchers into X Men. Let's go. Yes, would become an X Men. <laughs> oh my God! Turn speaking, all speaking, the pitchers speaking, into X Men. Speaking of the Mets, this is not a pitcher, but Ender Inciarte. Oh, no. In this game as no! center fields. Or as no! our center field. <laughs> Linda's going to lose her shit. <laughs> my blood pressure. Just seeing his face, my blood pressure goes sky high. I can't know. It's so weird. I'm just like, no, I'm never forgiving him for that. No, ever in CRT New York Met is happening at this time. I cannot tell you how I almost broke my computer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, for those of for those of you that may not know, hope everybody knows. But in 2016, everyone knows, but you can tell it Just, (laughs) just in case in 2016, I believe it was. Ender Inciarte robbed Yoannis Cespedes of a game-winning walk-off home run. Well, that's not all he did that game. That is not all he did. Well, that's game. the one I remember the most. I don't want to know what else he did. He bunted for a single. He be off Amelia. Then he stole second. Then they threw the ball away. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh I forgot about the comedy of errors. Oh, it was all. Oh, my God. Oh, it, it was the one of the worst games that Terry Collins has ever had as a manager. <laughs> oh, my God. He used 10 position players. Oh, my God. That's right. I forgot about that. I forgot oh about that, too. The 10 see, position player. See, part. The, the walk. See, the walk off. The walk-off home run steal is the one that sticks in your mind, but that's because it's the last thing. The base is loaded. And Polecki (laughs) grounded out. As he always does. Mets catchers grounding out is a tale as old as time. He pulled Addison Reed and bought in Josh Smoker to face Freddie Freeman. (laughs) (laughs) Someone go give Linda a hug and and a nice drink of wine right now. I was going to say Linda needs a glass of wine. (laughs) He brought in Josh Smoker to face Freddie Freeman. And of course he bought Freeman. Yes. Yes. If you have coffee, put it away. (laughs) 
Just put it away. Oh, oh, and to top it off, James Loney made an error to start the rally. <laughs> James Loney. <laughs> there are so many Mets legends in that game. Wait, he's at bat. Let's see what he does. Oh, God. No. No. <laughs> I mean, we could we could talk about other things while this happens. I was going to say, like, it all worked out fine. They got the wild card, but that was a key September game that they blew. Yes, it was. It was Ugh. that was bad. Yeah, it was so bad. Yeah. There were Mets legends such as Soup, TJ Rivera, <laughs> such Loney, as Soup, Alejandro De Aza, <laughs> Josh Smoker. Oh my Ugh. gosh. That TJ game Rivera. really was. That game really was a true Mets game. game. A Mets, really Mets, game. Mets game, right to the last out. Yep. Yeah, because Cespedes hit it to the wall. It was over the wall. It was over the wall. It was over the wall. That was a leap. That was an Andy Chavez style rob. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh my God, Terry! Every decision he made <laughs> was the wrong one. <laughs> He couldn't Josh Smoker to make sure to frame it in the eighth inning when Addison Reed was in. Well, he Addison felt like Reed the Braves like a like a, a one something ERA. He yeah. he felt like that the that the Braves didn't need to be Radisoned. <laughs> like, Addison Reed actually had good splits the years against lefties. Terry Collins bullpen managed strikes. Yeah. Yeah. So for, like, nope. Lefty, everybody like has, I for everyone like, who wants to like bitch about like uh book show Walter's bullpen management and like yearns oh for the God. days of Terry Collins. I want no. them to remember this game. <laughs> no, oh, I can link to the recap. Oh, I was, man. I was going to say still, I think still my, the worst one was Jack Leathersitch. Yeah. He came up. You, like I forget how many innings he pitched, but it was way too many. He he got sent back down and had to have Tommy John. No, yeah, I was going to say the Mets ended that man's career. Yes, Wally Backman, I think, was more. I think he made him throw like fifty pitches in one inning. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Although let's not pretend that Buck Showalter wouldn't do this, except it's Joely Rodriguez instead of. Yeah, Ender and Ciarte grounds out to second baseman. Oh, shocker! <laughs> It's only against the Mets that he would do something. Yeah, that was their mistake in signing him. They don't mm-hmm. understand that his powers only activate against the Mets. Yep. <laughs> both this Kelly Johnson turning to tears. Both Kelly Johnson and Matt Reynolds both only played a half inning and never saw an at bat. <laughs> Good lord! He blew two position players that never batted. You know. A classic Terry Collins just, performance. Just, just bad all around. And can I'm we not sure have the... Well, he played right field for one batter and then had to move over to center because he had to come off the bench. Oh, my God. So, yeah, if you're pining for the days of Terry Collins bullpen management, stop that right now, please. Just stop. Yeah, remember this game. Um, Amongst many others. Although apparently because I was fuming about it on Twitter, but then somebody said the next day was the literal is Jubal Cabrera game. Oh, yeah, it was. So there are some swinging emotions. Yeah, I was going to say, man, what are I forgot how that was a ride that season. Yeah, 
I forgot like how many like feels I felt in the span of like a 48 hour period during that time. My God. Like they can't be normal. Like in 2015, like nothing they do is normal. Although I've said nothing they do is normal ever. In 2016 down the stretch when Grandy hit the game tying home run in the ninth and then walked it off in the 10th. Yeah. That was a fun game. That was really good. Oh, wasn't it off somebody who the reliever was somebody who ended up on the Mets like a couple years later, and I can't remember who it is now. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Well, let's say work, maybe. I want to say it was O'Rourke because he's actually not bad when the Mets had him. Yeah, he was good. This was the Twins. Wait. Yeah, it was the twins. Yeah, because Hansel Uh Robles blew it in the top of the inning, Uh and then Randy kind of save it. Hello, Jacob Degrom with the long hair. (laughs) That's a throwback. Uh, Okay, no, I don't care about the fourth inning. Uh, Granderson, who who is this? Come on, show the show the pitcher. No, it wasn't Kinsler. Okay, that's not it. Let's see, it was Aurora. No, Kinsler was never on the Mets, but that's who that was the tie. Oh, that was the tying run. But yeah, then who got the loss? And in the 12th, he hit it off of. No, wait. Oh, I can't see who it is. Why not? Who got the loss? Yeah. Work. It was work. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So my memory is in totally shot. <laughs> oh no. That's good, Lynn. Yeah. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> um. So the only other thing that um I want to talk about, which might bring down the mood a little bit. Sorry, everyone. Um. But I figured that since this is a podcast that cares about social justice issues. I feel like we need to at least take a moment to mention the disastrous overruling of Roe versus Wade um, as three women, uh, as four, you know, four women, Maggie and Absentia, who host this podcast. Um, We are obviously devastated by this. Um, Some players have spoken out about it, including David Price. Elizabeth Ben also tweeted about it. Um, And I just want to mostly mention it because like it brings Mark Canna's comments about feminism that we talked about uh, last week in previous episodes into even sharper focus. Like we really just need allies in this game desperately. Blevins and Trevor May also tweeted stuff too. So, but again, it's the, it's, they're the minority. Yeah, sadly. Um, but we're not going to spend too much time on that, bringing the mood down, but I just feel like needed to mention it at least. Um, anyway, uh, we, but we will end this show, uh, on a happy note, like we always do with walk-off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise Linda Servich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Uh, well, first of all, yesterday was my sister's anniversary, so 12 years. Happy anniversary. Yay! Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't believe it's been 12 years already, God. <laughs> um, but like I mentioned, Sunday, I was at the brunch, and it was um, at a restaurant that was right on the water. Um, I went out with friends that I hadn't seen, in it, I think, since... 
before December, I think. It's been, I, yeah, I think it was October that we last got together. So yeah, it had been way too long. Um, and oh my God, the food. Oh, it was, you could both, there was a buffet and then you could also order off the menu. Oh my gosh. It was, it was so worth it. Like I said, I'm not watching the Mets. <laughs> I just enjoying a nice brunch with, um, they had a breakfast station, they had, um, a lunch station, they had like a make your own omelet station, they had a make your own waffle station, they had an Italian station, they had, um, like, so many desserts. Oh my gosh, the desserts. I had like a creme brulee and a tiramisu, but then they had like Ooh, so many different mousses. Good. They had like a chocolate mousse. They had a grapefruit mousse, which I've never seen before. Um, lemon, like anything that you could possibly imagine, uh, they had it. And then of course, then since, you know, then we had, you know, we, we wrapped it up and we're leaving. And then, so of course, since we never really leave, we just got to talking outside. And of course, you know, since it was 90 degrees, I got sunburned just from talking outside uh, because me and the sun don't mix. Um, but overall, I highly recommend brunch. Brunch is so lovely. And I brunch miss is the best. Yeah. And I really miss. Oh, and then you can get a nice little mimosa and it's just so yes. relaxing and delicious. And I had good company. So yeah, we, I need I need more brunch more often in my life. <laughs> yes. Having had brunch on Sunday with my best friend, enjoying mimosas and French toast and also pretzel bites. It was a very carbolicious brunch. Oh, that's what I brunch can, is, though. I can it. attest to the deliciousness of brunch. Same. <laughs> I high, 10 out of 10 recommend. Yep. Yes. Brunch forever. Um, Kellyanne Healy, what is your walk-off win for this week? I just want to quickly apologize for rambling. I had my computer muted at one point and I just kept talking, finding that, finding that walk-off hit that Granderson hand. So I had, I apologize about that. I don't know what happened there. Um, my walk-off win is a Mets game that I went to on my birthday last week. Um, I had a really wonderful time with my mother. Yeah. Yeah. Happy belated uh, birthday. Yes. Thank you. Um, it was a wonderful, it was slightly hot day at the ballpark. Um, they won the game and now my mother is 12 and one in games that she goes to in person. So get my mom's season tickets guys. <laughs> um, but your the mom really and cool Francisco thing, Lindor's mom. Yes. Yes. The moms get, get the mom's season tickets. The other really cool thing though, was that the Mets booth tweeted it out. <laughs> that I they, they saw that I was at the park and said happy birthday to me and that was really exciting. Yeah, that was a really cool tweet. That was, that was a really cool. Yeah, my, my I was like, mom, "Hey, I know her." <laughs> my, my my mom was just like, "Hey, she's at the ballpark. It's her birthday. Can you say happy birthday?" And they did. Of course, if you hilariously and I knew this was going to happen one day, some people thought they were referring to Kellyanne Conway. Because unfortunately, my name happens to be spelled the exact same way her it hers is, but I'm not, guys. Thankfully, mercifully, my name's Kellyanne Healy, not Conway. God <laughs> yeah, help big us. difference, guys. Big, big yeah, difference, guys. Even though we're both from New Jersey, too. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so that was my walk-off win. Yes, good Mets game. They won. Lots of fun all around. Fantastic. Um, my walk-off win this week is that I went to visit my brother with my parents in Vermont over the weekend, and it was wonderful. Um, my brother lives in Burlington, Vermont, uh, and as as people who have been there can attest, it's beautiful up there. Every time I go up there, it's always during the summer, and I always get like like tricked into thinking that I would want to live there. And then I remember <laughs> that like May through, you know, like, I don't know what month. October, like, uh, yeah, like October through May, it's basically like really terrible <laughs> and very, very, very cold. And I could never survive it. Um, I wouldn't survive like five minutes of a Vermont winter. I would straight up perish. Um, but the summer and the, and the fall is absolutely lovely. <laughs> and so we really uh, enjoyed our weekend. We went to um, the Shelburne Museum, which is an absolutely like one of the coolest places I've ever been, honestly, if only because like I completely knew nothing about it and it totally exceeded my expectations and surprised me in a way I did not expect. Um if Maggie listens to this episode, this is not a Maggie episode, but if Maggie listens to this episode, take your kids to this museum, Maggie. If you ever end up in Vermont, take your children to this museum because they will freaking love it because it is the coolest thing. Um, it is it's almost like imagine if an art museum and Colonial Williamsburg had a baby and it would oh, be this museum. I like this. Um, yeah. it's it's 42 acres of what? Vermont farmland and there's and like a spread across it. It's like an entire campus, this museum and spread across it are all these individual buildings and each side inside each individual building is an exhibit and they're all different. Oh, how cool. Wow. And so like you go in one of them and it's like all these old horse carriages from the 1830s. You go into another one of them and there's like Monet paintings. You go into another one of them and it's like um, there's this building called the circus building and it's all these old carousel animals from throughout the years. Oh. And you just like go and look at them all. You go into another building and it's just like all these like porcelain, like all this like porcelain and glass art. You go into another one and it's like textiles and quilts. You go into a different one. It's like the general store from the 1830s and you get to see like the apothecary go into another one. It's like a blacksmith and then the schoolhouse. And it's just like, it's all these buildings. And like, it, we, I walked five miles that day, according to my Apple watch, like across this museum, it was nuts. And it's only $25 to get in. And it was like the coolest thing I've ever been to. Um, nice. And it's all this like rich lady, like this is one rich lady. Basically, she um, she's she was the um, heiress to the Domino Sugar Company, like the founder of the Domino Sugar Company is her dad. Right. So she like was born into money and then she married a Vanderbilt. So then she got oh, even wow. more money. Wow. So she's, like, double rich money, right? money on top of money. Like she had like more money than she knew what to do with. So she started collecting things, including like you know, priceless like Monet paintings and like really like famous art. She started collecting a bunch of stuff. And then she was like, I really like this, like Vermont. I like, I really like this place in Vermont. I'm just going to buy all this land and put my stuff there. <laughs> and that's what this museum is. Must be nice. <laughs> it's just like this place for all her stuff. Oh, and there's also, so like the Ticonderoga was one of the last like fully operational, like steamships in America. 
at this museum is the literal Ticonderoga. She had them like airlifted out and put it and like had them put it on this land. And you can and the, the ship is an exhibit. So you can just like go onto the actual ship and like look at it exactly how it was when it was like operational as a steamship. It's the coolest freaking thing. I was like, what is this place? And how did I not know about it? It's like this hidden gem in Shelburne, Vermont, in like the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's so random. It's so random, but it's the coolest thing. So I really enjoyed that like a lot. Um, And, you know, obviously, like it was just a great weekend all around. Got to spend it with my family. We also had brunch and it was very lovely. My mom had a pancake that was bigger than any pancake I've ever seen. It was a single pancake, but it was like as thick as like a cast iron skillet basically. And it was just like one giant blueberry pancake. Um, and it took all of us helping her to finish it. Um, <laughs> worth it. Um, and it was just, it was a lovely weekend in Vermont. Um, and if you're, you ever find yourself in Vermont, especially if you have kids, I highly recommend the Shelburne museum. It was just like the coolest thing. Um, they will love it. Nice. So yeah, that's my walk off one for this week. Um, while you're waiting to uh, go to the Shelburne Museum or go to your next ball game, <laughs> you can go to amazingavenue.com, check out all of our fantastic content. We have analysis, game recaps, morning news posts, weekly meters, all of that stuff for you guys. Check it all out on Amazing Avenue. You can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow this show on Twitter at a pod of their own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servage. Kellyanne's not on Twitter. She doesn't have a burner. You can also uh, (laughs) you can find her in the Amazing Avenue comments. Um, So check her out there. Um, You should subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from iPod, uh, Apple. (laughs) I was like, iPod? What am I? What am I, a boomer? (laughs) We just traveled back through time. I was going to say we grew up with iPods, so. Yeah, we did. Uh, uh, You know, Apple Music, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Please rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting.